This podcast is sponsored by Enriched. Now, if you're a regular listener to the show, then you'll know that I'm not a big fan of Big Pharma. So I do everything I can to try and stay out of their sickness subscription system. And a key component in my daily arsenal is a dose of what I'm calling the White Basement Lion King Super Stack. First, chugga mushroom, known as the king of mushrooms for a reason. Its potent antioxidant, antiviral, immune-supporting properties make it the most studied medicinal mushroom on earth. And although there can be only one king, the king wears a mane, a lion's mane. Brain-boosting, neuron-sharpening, cognition-enhancing, lion's mane is the perfect partner for King Chaga and the second half of the Lion King Super Stack. For me, it's the perfect start to my day helping me to go hard and go home. Go to enriched.co, that's E-N-R-I-C-H-D.co, and use the discount code WHITEBASEMENTPOD to get a 10% discount site-wide. Start your day like a king. Go to Enriched and grab the Lion King Super Stack now. People say, you know, I meditate, um... But you don't meditate, you reach states of meditation, right? It's a meditative state, okay? And to be able to reach a meditative state, there's a process. So the first step is contemplation, okay? You can't stop the mind, yeah? Yoga is about quietening the mind. So that first stage of sitting breathing and contemplating, allowing the thoughts on your mind to come and go without powering them, being attached to them and slowly understanding what needs to remain in your mind and what you need to let go of to basically reduce the overload of what you're carrying around in your mind is the first stage. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the White Basement Podcast. Uh, follow us on Instagram, White Basement Pod. And if you enjoy this episode, share it, show us some love. Today I'm joined by my really good, really old friend, Dimitri Ilu, who is, um, he's on a yoga journey. Um, he's been on a well, I think I think we're going to explore it, but been on a on an interesting journey, change of country, and um, starting a successful business, and then transitioning into a spiritual pathway, and and now um, on a on a yoga journey and teaching yoga. Um, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get into some um, some some deep stuff. Hopefully, Dimitri, can I can I call you Gig or should I call you Dimitri? To be, to be honest, Are you uh, with you guys, I'm still gig. Yeah. All in, right. In my old life in Cyprus, I'm now uh, the with the name that I was born into, Dimitri. So, yeah. All right, we'll say Dimitri. Your welcome, choice. welcome Your choice. to the podcast. Thank you very much. Yeah. So, Great um, to be here. yeah, so you're here for a week, right? So, I'm here in for the, a week. Yeah. The, yeah. With the family. In, in not so sunny England. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So, so, well, 
I mean, what what really what I wanted to to talk to you about was was the yoga practice and this kind of journey that you're on. Yeah. Um, because I think w- with all of us, you know, especially with with us as friends, you know, that we've known each other such a long time. Everyone's on the kind of journey and a pathway and yeah, going from path. here and yeah, get, get kind of kind of traveling somewhere. But but yours is um, is very interesting to me because going going onto onto this kind of more spiritual and more introspective and yeah. you know this this kind of thing is a brave is not the right word but it's kind of like a it's it's almost it feels to me almost like um a lot of people kind of laugh at these things when you say oh you know now i'm teaching yoga mm. and i'm doing breathing classes and things and people are like oh god you know you kind of lost it um but it's it's something that I've I find really really fascinating and really interesting and 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 I think something that at some point I would like to be able to transition into doing something like this more full time yeah. rather than having to support myself doing something else and and you know just dipping in and out of these things. Um, so can can you kind of just go through your your journey starting from whenever you think we should start? up to getting to the kind of i'm gonna teach yoga yeah i mean this is what i was gonna say to you was you know that there's different depths let's say of of diving in to to yourself you know whether it's through a practice of yoga or another spiritual practice um you know so some people might turn up for a yoga practice and it might be like on a completely physical level Others will do, you know, a lot more work and dive into areas that, you know, maybe a few do and take seriously um, into your true self and the real self and whatever it is that you're carrying with you at this point in life. So for me, I mean, you know, we were at school together. I mean, you you remember what I was like at school. So if if you go back to then um, and compare the gigs of then with the gigs or the midri of now, you would probably say like two different people from completely different worlds. Yeah. I mean that, well, that, that was, that was kind of what I was going to say, but I thought I would, I would leave it to you to, to decide like where you want to start right. the story. Okay, so I can actually go even further back than, than that. Okay. Um, but what I will say about that is, I wouldn't be here without having gone through the experiences that I did at school. Okay, so my journey probably started pre-birth, okay? And it's something that I've been diving into and trying to explore and understand over the past few years, which is what am I, what's my makeup? And when I say my makeup, I mean, coming into this world, what environment um, did I enter in and what were my early experiences, um, beliefs that, you know, have made me up, conditioning, um, traumatic experiences. So in my story, 
it started pre-birth, basically. Um, my mum, when, when pregnant with me, experienced a traumatic, um, ex- had a traumatic experience, physical, which shook her. And now I understand shook me whilst in my mum's belly, six months pregnant. So as I now realise, as I entered into this life, I had already gone through a form of trauma. So where normally you have this image of babies being pure into this world, what I'm understanding is some of my early behaviour in this life was not of a baby who was pure, born pure into this world. So whatever my mum had gone through had basically vibrated, settled within me. And my early years of life um, were very different. So listening to stories of myself from when I was younger, you know, you never used to smile in photographs as a kid. Um, You were overly sensitive. You used to cry a lot. Um, Things like this, which growing up, you would basically not know where to turn and maybe not have the right type of support around you. Only now, as a father as well, am I I starting to understand what happened in my early life, right? So basically, early pre-birth trauma, um, followed by psychological, physical trauma in my early years, I now understand created a lot of fear within me, okay? That fear in a very highly sensitive kid, which is what I was, and my dad, another highly sensitive person, and my son, um, together makes your outlook on life extremely difficult, okay? So if you just take the traumatic part, which might have created some fear in me and the world around me and maybe even towards the people around me, and you add into it the highly sensitive part, the the deep, strong feeling of your environment and what is going on around you and this this heightened emotions um, and feeling, you know, things that others might not feel, might not understand, might not be aware of, but not only feeling them, but at such a heightened level that you cannot control it. Okay, so early trauma, highly sensitive, and then experiences that this created in my life. So, for example, as a five-year-old, I think, I woke up one morning And I had a stiff neck, whether it built up, whether it was an overnight thing. And the pain that I felt made me refuse any help around me. My parents started taking me to doctors. They tried to manipulate my neck. I wouldn't let them near me. My parents tried. Um, We went to specialists. I walked around, Jay, with a stiff neck for maybe three months. There's photos of me as a kid like this, walking around, okay? What happened was 
it turned out, now that I look back, to probably be my first experience with a healer. So, living up the road from us was an ex-sailor. His name was Bert. I will never forget him, yeah? He had one of the biggest, earliest impacts on my life, okay? Bert was was a, a sailor in, in the Navy, travelled the world, and... Um, he saw me walking around, you know, with a, a, a neck hanging to one side and, um, you know, said to my dad, why don't you come and see me with, with Dimitri, you know, and maybe I can, I can help in some way, you know. And I think my parents had got to the point where I wouldn't allow doctors to help me. Um, my parents tried, they failed as such that I wouldn't let them get close to me because of the pain that I felt. And my dad took me three, four times to Bert. We sat together, the three of us. Bert started telling me stories about his travels. So he occupied my mind, okay? He gave me a very positive distraction. I was like engrossed by his stories. And as he would tell me stories, he would start to just massage my shoulders, trying to release the bit of tension that was pent up in my shoulders. And after two, three visits, without realizing, I walked out of there and my neck was straight, everything was back to normal. You know, and I remember he gave me a, a button from his suit, which I still have, you know, and, and that was now what I understand to be probably my first experience of somebody helping, healing me by basically occupying my mind and putting it into a more positive space so that he can help me physically mm. you know so it kind of started from there for me and then there was you know growing up there was cases of bullying um i was quite a soft kid in my early years you know before like 10 11 years old before i went to secondary school um, again, like I said, quite a tearful kid, couldn't handle my emotions, you know, so there was a lot of tears, um, you know, and, and that kind of was my, my early life. Um, you know, what I now understand is, you know, relationships between my, my parents and grandparents and that were, were not always in a, in a good place, which also had an impact, um, you know, so as I started to get into the, you know, preteen years, I was like a very close kid, um, you know, highly sensitive, like I said, um, nobody really understanding me, um, you know, and then came the teen years and going into, into a bigger school, um, for me, it was probably one of the most challenging things. I, I started off at an all-boys school before I came to Christchurch. Yeah. If you remember, I was at Curie Boys. You know, so uh, I felt like I'd just been dropped in the middle of this, you know, tough all-boys school. We had this new headmaster who was straight out of the army. Uh, first day, I was like this little 11-year-old soft lad, and he was walking around with the cane in his hand, and uh, I'll never forget this, actually. He, he like, flexed the cane and uh, said, I'll, I'll, uh, I won't hesitate to use it. It will improve my golf swing. 
and I couldn't hold it and I burst out with a little smirk until he walked up to me and flexed it in my face and said, you'll be the first one I'll try it on. And I just remember like sinking in my seat, you know, for my life, you know, and that was first week at secondary school. Not what you need. Not what I need. <laughs> you know, from that point, I remember, you know, like experiences where the older kids, the fifth year, sixth formers were, were smoking. And I remember one time leaving school a little bit late and a fifth year smoking behind the, some trees going like that to me to come over to smoke. And I shit myself and grabbed my bag and, you know, it ran off. Um, that's, that's, that was me then, you know. And then over the, the following couple of years, it kind, I had this huge, huge transition from being this soft kid into having to toughen the hell up as a kid. Um, like I said, I experienced some bullying. Um, I got beaten up a few times. Uh, you know, so that made me have to come out of this um, highly sensitive, calm, soft place um, to be able to start protecting myself, I thought, as such. You know, but what ended up happening was almost going from being bullied to bullying, almost. I, I, I think about it now, actually, and I wouldn't, I, I don't, I wouldn't say I became a bully, but I would say that I had such a short um, fuse. Yeah, I would say that. I, I would say I never, you, you, I don't, I don't think anyone ever thought of you as a bully. Yeah. But it was still like. Uncontrollable. It can, it can just kick off at any moment. Yeah, uncontrollable. Yeah. Like I could not control <clears throat> myself like physically, mentally, emotionally, yeah? There was zero control. Yeah. And and whether somebody said something I didn't like, whether somebody looked at me in the wrong way, whether somebody, you know, pushed me, like there was no there was no middle ground. It was just a physical reaction, you know. So I went from this soft, shy, really timid kid to this extreme reaction every time somebody kind of you know encroached my my space as yeah. such yeah. yeah you know and i remember coming to, to christchurch i think within the first week i got into a fight i was outside the headmaster's office you know and and that kind of set the tone um you know from then on I think my education started to to get impacted. Um, I didn't take things as serious as I could. You know, I think I don't think I was ever a top student, but I was kind of mid and a little bit higher when focused. But I was I was never focused. Yeah. You know, I was always distracted, whether it was fighting. Or, you know, at that age, girls came into our lives, um, you know, and, you know, my, my uh, education suffered and got impacted, ne impacted ne negatively because of where I found myself. 
Um, we were at school in the 80s and, okay, it's very different to being at school now. The the support uh, relating to mental health, you know, or emotions, you know, there was nothing. I mean, like I said, a few years earlier, they were still giving the cane around, you know, I had that around the back of my legs at one point. Yeah, I mean, I kind of, uh, I've said to a few people that the, the like mental health support that we had at school was the, that board blackboard eraser yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> throw it across it hits you in the head right feel better good concentrate yeah. that was it that was it yeah that yeah, was yeah. It. You know, so, that, so, so that was that was pretty much like right up to what 16 17 18 that you were a bit wild like that yeah it was it was 16 17 and then you know okay i think at the age of so where where I had said to you at the age of like, what, 11, 12, first year at QE Boys, I ran off because somebody held a cigarette up at me. By the following year, I was buying cigarettes for 10p from the corner shop on the way to school. Yeah, Full yeah. school uniform, my bag on my shoulder, and we'd walk in and the guy would, would sell us a single cigarette yeah, for yeah. 10 pence. You know, so the the, the change was quite dramatic and quite quick, yeah. you know. Um, and, you know, from from there it kind of escalated. So, mm. you know, from, from being scared of a, a cigarette to smoking, from smoking, you know, to trying weed for the first time, I think by the age of like 14, 15, we were skipping school and, and smoking up, you know. Um, so things kind of started to happen quite quickly in the environment we were but what i what i did start to realize is like you said at that age i started to kind of calm down a little you know whether it was being intoxicated um quite a bit at the time um generally i calmed um you know and and i think at that point we were gaining more freedom as, as kids, right? We were out and about more. We were experimenting, whether it was drinking, smoking, whatever partying we were doing. Um, we had this sense of freedom. Yeah. But one thing that, that you probably don't know is that during that period, I suffered with a lot of um, fight or flight still. So even though I wasn't reactive um and i think from my early experiences when we used to go out i always felt on edge um like walking into a space almost like having to scope the space to make sure that i would feel comfortable in the space you know if there was any rowdiness or anyone looked a little bit dodgy would keep me, you know, a little bit nervous, you know, and I had this quite a lot, um, never really knew what it was about. And it's only now that I understand it more, but I was, you know, very highly strung, you know, mm. and even when it kind of toned down externally, internally, I was still quite highly strung at least my nervous system yes. was, okay? 
So, you know, and I think as we then grew older and we, you know, left school, started work, um, you know, things started to change. Um, you know, we, we created, I guess, very much the the person we were at that time, um, you know, after school and so on. We, we settled into jobs. We, we, we started to gain some financial freedom as well. Um, you know, but again, financial freedom seemed to lead down the road of drugs at that time. Um, you know, it wasn't something that you yourself really got involved in. Yeah, I um, never, I never did. Really. Yeah, but but a lot of us did. You know, and looking back at that too, I I now kind of understand that it was a a way to um, detach from reality and escape. Um, you know, and I, I think about that now because it, it went on for many years, um, you know, late teens to very much, you know, late twenties, I would say a good 10 year span where more often than not, we were intoxicated, whether it was drinking, smoking or, or, you know, trying out harder drugs. Yeah. You know, and, and now that I understand drugs a little bit more, I, I start to understand that, that it, it was, you know, it was probably a way to to numb feeling and numb, you know, reality a little bit, you know, and, and this being overconscious and how you feel about the outside world and your position in the outside world. So I think there was there was a lot of that going on that I didn't understand. So I couldn't go out and have one drink. You remember what I was like. Yeah. You know, I had to go out and drink until I felt no more. Mm. You know, there was no limit. Um, so that was kind of like the 20s. You could say they were, they were fun, but they were a bit blurry. Yeah. You know? So moving on from there, I, uh, you know, in and out of jobs, tried different jobs. Um, I found myself setting up my first business at 27, um, which was in promotional merchandising. I thought I was ready to set up a business. I had no bloody idea what I was doing. You know, without strong support around me, uh, you know, I would have probably folded within a year. Uh, but managed to to keep it going. Um, and then from there, you know, the 30s came along. Um, you know, I think we started to mature a little bit, not not a lot. Um, it's all relative, isn't it's it? It's all relative, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and, and started to settle a little bit. I don't know, and I think a change of energy as well because... Um, you know, energy plays a big part, which I'm sure we're going to get into in a little bit. And my energy definitely started to change in my late twenties, early thirties. You know, I think it um, does. But you, I mean, I don't, maybe maybe you'll say differently. But yeah, it it does change. But you you don't you're not conscious of it. No, you don't you no, don't no, realize. No. Oh, my energy. Yeah, it's you not just like feel like a day, okay, I'm a bit one day to the next. Yeah, yeah it's it's yeah, all yeah. quite gradual and yeah. Yeah, this this was this is something that um, like I, I I've I've thought about a lot and I've talked about a little bit is when when I used to. 
be young and I used to be always reading the bodybuilding magazines. Yeah. And they always used to say, like, in terms of how you should actually construct your workout or how much calories or whatever, listen to your body. Mm. And I'm like, my uh, body do don't say nothing. Yeah, how do you like, listen I'm, to your body? It's, not, it's just my body's just like, hey, yeah, what's yeah. going on? And it's only as you get older, yeah. you you start to be able to listen to your body. Yeah. Like, okay, you know, if I feel now when I eat this, I feel better. When I eat this, I don't feel quite so good. Or I need this much sleep or I'm training a bit too hard or whatever. Yeah. So I think it is, it is very difficult when you're young because it is hectic. It is a bit blurry. It is, you, oh, you, you don't know still who you are, right? It's, it, it takes time to, to sort of mature and find that, that pathway. Yeah, yeah very much. create your, your character as well and the person you yeah. are. And, uh, you know, and if you're overly self-conscious as well, um, adds a lot of hurdles, you know. That, that was another thing that I, I, you know, seem to go through a lot. Um, you know, this thing of what people think of you, how people look at you, um, you know, giving a little bit too much care to that to the point of it, you know, even affecting your behavior when you did step out into social circles, mm. you know, but I think again, as, as you grow up and you mature a little bit and hopefully you start to understand, uh, you know, how much it actually matters and how people are quite, you know, they, they have their own stuff that they're carrying around with them. Yeah. Uh, and that's without what you needing, realize. Yeah. Right? To stop. And yeah. look at you, or think about you, or you know, or, or, cast or even any judgment. Ha- yeah, but even even the way that people do judge you, or pass judgment, or or whatever, yeah. is because they they're on their own journey, right? Of course. It's, so even it's if coming, they do say, oh, yeah. "I'm projecting this," or "I'm doing that," yeah, because they're, it's more they're about where their, they are yeah, than I mean, than where you yeah, are. You realize you do you you very much realize that as you as you age, hopefully, yeah. Yeah. I have anyway. And yeah, you, no, you, you I, obviously yeah, have. yeah, yeah, no, I, I, it's something that, that, you know, I, I did realize and, and, and again, it just helps me view my childhood in a, in a different way, you know, having gone through, you know, how, how I, how I went mm. through that early period. So, you know, but get, getting back to the thirties, you know, my, my life or our life was very much centered around our, our group of friends. And how, how old were you when you went to Cyprus? So I went to Cyprus, um, I was, uh, 37. Yeah. So late thirties. Cause I think, so, I think, I mean, maybe you, maybe you tell me I'm wrong, but I yeah. think that was like a big shift for you. Because sort of everything changed, right? Yeah, it was it was a huge shift, and you know, I, I speak about it now, and I, I feel like you know, I've been there for sorry, thirty five actually, not thirty seven. I've been there for fifteen years, and I, I kind of I was saying to somebody, I feel like what I've done in the last fifteen years in my life um, has been you know millions of times more than what I did in the previous. Yeah, if, 20, if looking at it, years. you know, f- sort of from 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 a slightly outside, outside perspective, yeah. you like it. It seemed like you just like bloomed. Yeah, I don't know if it's as, as soon as you got there, but maybe within I don't know eighteen months or whatever. Yeah, it's I mean, like you just it just kind of bloomed is the word, you know. Yeah, just I'm, burst into you know sort of flower. Um, it's quite funny looking back because you know it. 
it's taken a bit of this yogic spiritual journey to to really start understanding you know life and where we are and what we're doing but i think and i and i'm not sure what but some something in my early 30s just triggered um a bit of a change of my perception um and where where i was um quite you know worried and um you know withdrawn a little bit and scared to to take certain moves um you know maybe the cup was half empty was my perspective um i don't know what happened jay but but at some point my 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 mind just changed my outlook changed and i started to relax within myself and and big decisions i started to take quite lightly yeah i i didn't sit and overthink things um i started to go more with my feeling so if it felt good i didn't sit there you know with a list of pros and cons and all the rest of it if it felt good i kind of went for it which was not me in 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 any way okay but that basically led me to moving to cyprus you know as you know my parents had retired they started building and around that time i met vasia you know so Long it was quite i mean i maybe i'm misremembering but it was quite a quick thing from not going to cyprus to you know what i'm going to cyprus so yeah, flat and yeah i'm I mean, going i was i was um i was working from home um parents were kind of they'd started building and i'd had put in my head the idea of you know six months here six months there i'll have a base in cyprus now um but I think what happened was once I put that thought in my head of here and there, I started to think about, do I really want to spend my whole life living in one city and never experiencing anything else? You know, so Cyprus for us was like the natural, you know, home away from home where our parents were, were from. Mm. My parents planning to move there then me meeting Vasia you know a years long distance relationship and you know things got quite serious quite quick and it was either you know you make the move over or I make the move over and try it out and I think at that point because I was kind of one foot was there anyway and one foot in London um I just thought you know what what's to lose do it okay what's to lose was was I now understand my friends and family that were here. Be, beyond that, I felt I didn't have anything else to lose. Mm. And and knowing my friends and family, I knew that I wasn't going to lose them. So, yeah. so I had nothing to lose in the end. Yeah, I mean, a tight-knit group of friends um, who I'm still friends with now you know, family's family. So in hindsight, um, you know, it was not yeah. the most difficult decision. Yeah, yeah. It felt right. And I did it. 
you know, and, and then from there, you know, we ended up, you know, get, getting married. Um, I then set up business in something completely different that I would have ever thought I'd find myself in healthy, healthy food. Um, you know, and um, it kind of took off from there. So I, I ended up, you know, living in a very different country to what I was ever used to. Going on holiday for two weeks in Cyprus is one thing, but living there is is extremely <laughs> different. Um, you know, so becoming an entrepreneur in, in Cyprus, uh, setting up shop in 2008. Um, and we along with my partner then, um, bought a, a concept from London, the Pretamanje style setup that hadn't been introduced in Cyprus and it basically flew for, for a number of years. Yeah. You know, so um, business-wise, um, you know, I would never have thought I'd be in Cyprus doing anything like that, um, but I was. It was going well. But again, uh, you know, I remember when you, when you said, oh, I'm going to do this... Yeah. Concept. Yeah. I remember thinking, and, and everyone that I spoke to said the same thing like, Cyprus is desperate for this. Yeah. Like, you can, Timing at, at is lunch, everything. you can go and get, you know, a kebab yeah. or bring a sandwich from home. Those, those are your Timing options. was everything. Yeah, Timing yeah. was everything. And, and, and you know what? Again, um, you know, so that there was, there was always this underlying, how can I put it? You know, I think I think through my life now, what I understand is, is, you know, experiences and real points in my life have kind of led me to where I am today, even sitting here, because, you know, the early years, which was like, you know, trauma, sensitivity, uh, the emotions, you know, these these are things that now I feel I'm in a position to be able to pass on what I experienced. But not only what I experienced, but now I feel I have a a an answer, uh, a solution uh, through yoga, through breathing, to be able to help people to manage these things that I went through and had no bloody idea how to manage. Okay. Yeah, we had uh, know, we had a conversation on the podcast of. A few months back, about um, uh, tr doctors treating anxiety, mm. which I guess peripherally yeah. is, a, is a similar kind of thing. And I said that if you have not suffered with anxiety, you can't treat it. No, you can't. You know, you can you can go and get a degree, and you can. We we disagreed because yeah. the I think I think it was probably was with Smith again. Yeah. Um, and he said, no, you know, you're, you're a doctor, you study it, you read the books, anxiety is anxiety, everybody sort of has a similar yeah. problems and this is what you do. And I said, no, and unless, you've, unless you've gone through it, you're, you're, you're not really able to, to fully sort of empathize and understand what you're saying. Yeah, you've you're never just felt saying, it. Yeah, you're just saying, take this pill, do this breathing exercise. Yeah go to bed at this time think about that what but it's it's from a book yeah you know and the and the sort of um the analogy that that i have used for myself was around starting to wear glasses right starting to wear very focals yeah so from from being qualified at, i don't know when how old i was probably like 25 or something 
And so for 20 years telling people, oh, yeah, it's your first pair of verifocals. Yeah, you look up for distance and down to read and yeah. don't worry, blah, 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 blah. Because that's what I was taught on the course and yeah. I know how they work. I know the, the, the maths and I know the science and whatever. But only when I started wearing them myself, then I kind of really understood, okay, these are the limitations. Yes. These are the benefits. Yeah. They, they do do this, but they kind of don't. And, you know, and, and I think that um, exactly, you know, what, you, what you've started to, to, to get onto is that you universe gives you certain experiences and certain challenges and certain things that it puts you through so that you gain that experience and that knowledge and that yeah. wisdom. And then if you get on your right path and you understand that, where it's it, right, it's the then path. it says, okay, now you can go and help yeah. other people yeah. with this journey that you've yeah. been on. So, so, I mean, that's exactly, you hit the nail on the head of where I feel I am, okay? You know, I feel that if I had not gone through what I went through in my early years, then I would not be in a position. Yeah, there's nothing to, there. You're just help. stretching yeah. and doing deep breathing, right? Yeah. So, so basically, a year or two, a year or two into Get Fresh, we were going through different pressures and stresses and um, talking about anxiety. And I remember um, going home one day and sitting down and all of a sudden I, I, I felt like I couldn't breathe. And I remember calling Basia and saying, I feel like somebody's squeezing my rib cage so hard. And I was trying to, you know, gasp my breath and I couldn't. You know, and I kind of neglected it a little bit, but, you know, Vasya caring, my mum caring, uh, arranged for me to go and get my heart checked out. And um, I remember going to the doctor and he, like, put all the pads on me and on the running machine. And, you know, I, I was always, we've always been very sporty and active throughout our lives. You know, I always played football when I was younger. You know, we were in the gym working out, spinning yeah. classes and so on. So we've always held a good level of fitness. So I get on the running machine and I'm running and the doctor's like, okay, okay, get get off. He said, your health is is up there, you know. And I said, okay, my health's up there. So, so like, wh what is it? You know, and I can't remember, he might have sent me for like another test to do and, you know, everything ticked, ticked off okay. Um, you know, and it kind of, after I think uh, a week or two, I wasn't really feeling it and I'd forgotten about it. Um, and then I think a little period later, it's, uh, you know, I started feeling a bit of tension in the shoulders and a bit of stress. Um, and I remember that, what had happened was we, we um, you know, the timing of this was a little bit back and forth. So before I got married as well, there was signs that I, I didn't match together. Um, so what happened was I was getting these feelings and I was ignoring them. And you came over for my wedding in Cyprus. You know, we had, uh, you know, it was amazing, uh, oh, friends, amazing. family, everybody around us. And then a few couple of months later, we went to our honeymoon. Um, we went to Bali and we had like this 
I think it was a flight to Singapore, Singapore to Bali, and then Bali we had to drive an hour and a half to our hotel. I remember getting off the plane in Bali and, uh, you know, these feelings had been coming and going, a lot of tightness, stiffness, difficulty breathing, and I bent over to pick up the suitcase and it was like a comedy movie where, <laughs> you know, the guy bends over and he can't straighten back up again. And I basically stayed there, mate, like first day of our honeymoon and I could not straighten my back to mm. move. Um, we had this drive up to the, the place we were staying and um, I remember getting there in the middle of the night and trying to lie down. I couldn't lie down. I couldn't stand up. Um, thankfully, the the guy at reception uh, had told us as we were checking in that there'd, there'd be a doctor um, coming the next day who who uh, works from the hotel once a week. And I remember waking the next day, little little sleep, and you know hobbling in to to the doctor's office and sitting down and he was watching me walk in and trying to sit down, you know, and his first question was, where are you from? And, uh, I said to him, uh, from, from Europe. Uh, okay. Where, where in Europe? I said, uh, from Greece. And he looked at me and nodded his head and said, ah, the Western lifestyle. And, you know, I was, my head was elsewhere at that time. And I said, uh, yeah, the Western lifestyle, but, you know, I'm, I'm in pain, I'm suffering. Um, okay, uh, steam bath, massage, sauna, and then come back and see me. And I said, no, you know, I'm, I've really been suffering and this and that. And no, no, go for a steam bath, have a massage, have a sauna, and come back and see me. And I went steam bath, massage, sauna, and felt brand new and practically skipped back into his office, you know, all, all feeling, you know, like a new man. Yeah. Um, and, you know, remember thinking to myself for the first time, like, what is this life that we're, we're leading in the West? Um, and, what are these diseases and illnesses that, that this life is, is causing? You know, so what I then started to understand was not clearly that my issue was physical. It's what I still thought. We had an amazing honeymoon and I remember coming back to Cyprus and a few months later... I started feeling physically like crap again. Um, and somebody recommended, no, sorry, I, I started going for massages to relieve the stress of the tension. So no attention to the mind as yet. It was purely physical. I felt a physical pain and I needed to address the physical symptoms, okay? So I would go massage once, twice a week and it went on for like three, four months just when I felt, you know, uh, it's starting to loosen up, you know, within a bit of pressure at work and a week later and I was the same. And um, I remember a, a friend, uh, you know, I was telling him and he said, why don't you come and try a yoga class out? And 
I thought, okay, you know, at that point I was willing to try, you know, whatever might help a little bit. And I remember stepping into a yoga class for, for the first time. I was like this, this tensed, uh, <laughs> unflexible, completely knotted, you know, I, I, I was probably the anti-yoga man at that point, like completely knotted and trying to take part in a yoga class with another, you know, 15, 20 people at that time. And it being one of the most challenging things that I had done for a very long time, like physically challenging and mentally, I just felt out of place. Like, what was I doing there? Um, you know, tried to bend over, could just about straighten my back up again. Um, tried to do a twist, felt like I couldn't move back again, you know. And I remember, I think I went to one or two classes and then after that I just said, you know what, you know, this this isn't for me, this is just too, too much. Um, and, uh, you know, a few weeks went by and it kept on resurfacing in my head. You know, there was something there um, that just kept on popping up in my head. And I remember calling up my my yoga teacher, uh, Sylvie, and asking, do you do a private class? You know, I said, I'm finding it so difficult because of my condition and where I am. You know, and she said, yes, of course. And I think that changed my life. Like that point of going to a private class and somebody who who understood and got me straight away and knew that that through conditioning and my early life and beliefs I was completely knotted in my mind which caused the physical side mm. um saying that though for the first probably year or two, it was all about trying to release stress and tension from the physical body. Mm. Um, and well, you got, I mean, how old were you at that point? 40? At that point, no, at, at that point I was still late 30s. All right, but so 30, so I was like years of tension. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it ex takes ex a bit exactly. of time to pull it out, right? Yeah. Even if, it, even if the source is mental, spiritual, emotional but the, the, the physical body is still tight right? oh yeah you the, got the physical body was knots. also conditioned with this tension and yes. stiffness but the biggest barrier was my mind mm. um going back to the physical body though you know um as a kid you know trying to walk around as a kid who can look after himself you know you suck your tummy in, you stick your chest out. Um, you know, I now understand that I was I I was conditioning myself physically to deal with the outside world. And that conditioning physically impacted my physique, mm. you know. Um whether it was also going to the gym, but I had reached a point just as I was starting yoga that my shoulders were Almost I remember like you that. telling me. Yeah. I remember you telling Completely me. Completely closed yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. And I had a lot of inflammation just below my neck. 
And, you know, it was it was obviously not an area that was visible to me. Um, and going through my, well, the biggest part of my life um, with my, you know, the weights that we used to do maybe and also, you know, the experiences that I went through that basically closed me as a person affected maybe my heart, my lungs, my breathing. So a collapse in this area, which is the self, yeah, which is your fourth chakra, mm. right? Mm. And then, you know, having to start to open up but whilst trying to open the physical body up, having to also address the barriers in the mind as well. Mm. You know, so it was extremely challenging. You know, I thought it was just about touching your toes and, you know, um, what I started to understand over time was that yoga was you know, a complete system, mind, body, spirit. And my journey started there. So from nearly never stepping back onto a yoga mat because I found it so challenging, I ended up doing these private sessions. Um, after a few years, I would say, I started stepping into an open class. It took me that long. Honestly, Jay, it was, uh, you know, the physical side, the mental side. But it's a, I think it's a, it's a slightly, you, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's a slightly different um, experience and focus and practice doing a, like a one-on-one -on -one and doing a class. Yeah, completely. Because, I mean, my, my, my analogy as... My analogies always are the same. Back to jujitsu. Yeah. But you know, if you do if you do a private, it's completely different to doing open class because open class is a little bit more. I mean, yoga obviously it's not quite the same thing, but open class is a bit more like Shark Tank. Yeah. Like find your where are you going to put your mat and yeah yeah you got yeah. enough space and you wanted to be in that row but you can't be so now you got you don't like being on the right but you're on the right and. Blah, blah, blah. Whereas when it's when it's uh, a private, it's like all about you. Yeah. So you yeah, know of the, the the teacher's going to kind of be completely invested in what do you need, how what what are we doing, what have we been, rather than in in open class, it is much more stressful. So it's sort yeah, of understandable yeah, yeah. that it takes you time to be able to go back in because because really I, I guess it, it it becomes a little bit like first day back at new school it's like okay i know it's, a bit of yeah, maths yeah yeah i know a bit it's, of english uh, it's, it's, right yeah you're in a new classroom with new people mm. let's see whether you can remember your maths in your english yeah yeah you it's so that self-consciousness yeah, again you yeah, know yeah but you're you're right though in that i mean and and you know the history of yoga yoga was when it started hundreds of years ago was just a teacher and the student you know, uh, back where it started in India, it didn't start with a teacher and a class of 15. Yes, exactly. You know, it started with... Something is given from one person is to another person, on. right? And, yeah. you know, the, the practice, uh, traditional practice, was very different to, to how we tend to practice now in the West. You know, so 
having the one-on-one um, was, you know, partly physical, partly mental, but also came the spiritual side, which I think for me, and especially the spiritual side, um, you know, speaking to my teacher very comfortably and openly during the classes that I used to have with her and her explaining things to me but me still being caught up a little bit with the physical aches and pains maybe not taking and paying full attention or you know feeling like I wasn't taking much away from the class you know and going home and researching as such at that point and reading on um, seeds were definitely planted in my head and and I remember you know uh, you know four or five years later attending a class that our Sylvie's teacher our main teacher David took and listening to this guy speak and things just kind of fell into place in my head um, and it felt like it was like that last wake up that I needed um and things just started to make sense you know it's very difficult to explain why is it because i i I, you know i feel i haven't had that awakening from one day to the next but it's been a very gradual awakening well i think i think the thing is it's it's um it's a process right it's a process of 50 years it's a journey of 50 years and so often there is a moment where, or, or a se- series of moments where you can say, you know, on this day, some, this changed. And yeah. at that point, that changed. But they are just little steps along this kind of pathway. And some of them you, you remember, oh, yeah, because there was a blue stone there. And, oh, yeah, yeah I remember yeah, there was sure. a nice tree on this bit. But you're still just on this kind of longer journey. And I think it's a little bit like... Um, I mean, the, again, one one of my favourite movies, which I, I tell people to watch all the time, is The Matrix. Yeah, sure. You know, where where he he wakes up, but he, he hasn't woken up because yeah. he still hasn't kind of got it, like where he is, who he is, how things work properly. And then he has to go through all these things, all these trials or whatever, to have this, this real awakening, awakening. where yeah. he sees the code. Yeah. And, you know, it's such a beautiful analogy for what what I think you're going to sort of come into yeah. is that you do have that moment where you see the code yeah, and then you're like, ah, oh, you know, like, yeah, I, you, 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 you can feel your vibration just changes, right? Your energy yeah, field just suddenly. Oh, completely. But so this for me was like a gradual, you know, my, my frequency, my vibration and energy just rising, you know, over time. But, you know, I, I I think for me it was reaching a a place of a higher vibration and being very disciplined with my practice at that point that that's where I stayed and that's where I am, you know. Um, but what I was going to say was I, I, it's something that's always interests me in the awakening side because... I understand there's probably two or three ways of awakening. And one is, you know, what I've probably been through, this gradual awakening. You know, on the other side, there's near-death experiences 
and there is, you know, life-threatening illnesses, that people go through these extreme experiences in their life that from one day to the next, it's like, bang, you know, they, they wake up uh, a different person, completely different view on life, like a veil has been lifted, mm. you know? And um, it's something that has interested me for a long time, you know, how one's consciousness just gets raised so high so quick that it changes their life from one minute to the next, you know. So there's these two sides of it, uh, whether it's a gradual or whether it's an instant. Yeah, I mean, but I think that I think they 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 the the yeah the the time span is different mm. although even time is a little bit kind of yeah time is we don't yeah, quite we get don't. it but but i think you know the the sort of the near death experience or the life threatening illness or an injury or whatever i think what that does is um so you know what 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 the process that you went through is to like chip away the 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 marble right to expose the statue so this yeah. is what they say, like, you know, when, yeah. when they're sculpting things, that the David was all, always there in the marble. Yeah. And Da Vinci just had to remove the bits that were not yeah. needed to reveal, you know, what's what's there inside. And I think that, you know, when you if you go through those sort of really traumatic experiences, I mean it is literally like you're hitting that marble with a bit of dynamite and then just bang all the bits just fly off and you're like fuck there's something else here yeah. it's such a it's such a jolt but i mean i think it, it, it is the the same the same process maybe just one is more um there's more intention on on the path that you took of course where yeah. you have that sort of whatever it is that's driving you or that's mm. whispering in your ear or that's saying go back just do another class ring yeah, up and ask yeah. her does she do private you know there's something there that's just kind of pushing you and this is something that i've what that is I've, that is that intuition yes yeah, so this is this is something that i've that i've been um thinking about more and chewing over more lately because of all the covid stuff right um and and it's not directly linked to that but it's this it's this um uh yeah intuition is a good word or gut feeling gut feeling yeah of of really starting to try to tune into that gut feeling rather than just sort of every once a year or you think oh i knew i shouldn't have done that but they these things happen so infrequently mm. to trying to kind of tune into it to to on a on a daily hourly minute by minute basis to go what is my gut feeling so so something that i that i have um been doing for the last probably three four five years now and i started off flipping a coin yeah. And now I just do odd or even the time on my phone. So if I'm thinking like, shall I eat lunch today? Or mm. shall I do, you know, intermittent fasting? Shall I skip lunch? If I'm kind of not sure, I'm not really hungry, but I'm not really not hungry. I'll just go, right, odd I'm eating lunch, even I'm not. Look at my phone, it says odd, go and get some lunch. If it says even, I don't eat lunch. If, I, right. if I'm thinking, I always go the same way to work. Yeah. Something tells me, check your phone. Yeah. Should I go Potter's Bar today? 
let me check. Odd or even. Odd, yeah, I go Potter's Bar. Then I find out, oh, yeah, there was road closure there. Mm. Didn't know, yeah. but I would have got stuck having to turn around and whatever. So so I've, I've, I've tried to build myself a little feedback loop mm. to almost kind of say, like, is is the gut feeling giving yeah. me the right signals yeah. or the, or the wrong signals but i think that you know that one of the things that that has become very apparent to me and it's something which um i i now feel is something that i i not necessarily that i want to tell people about but it's i think it's very sad and small minded and sort of restrictive to you to your development to go through life with a ruler and just try and measure everything. Oh, what does that's, the, that's, do, 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 you know, this is the yeah, Western this is problem, the conditioning. Right? This is the conditioning. I've got the to system. see the study and I've got to see yeah. the data and I've got to, rather than, no, that don't feel right. It Jay, doesn't this is feel the, right. The conditioning and the system that we're living in, you know, and, and it's, it's all about, physical and matter and and the mind you know and and we've never been encouraged or taught to feel and to to go with our feeling so as kids i think we we were quite the opposite we we were basically told to ignore what we were feeling you know yeah you're conditioned you're, you're, yeah, to, yeah yeah you're well enough to do this um, you know, you're not feeling that. We we were told how to feel. So once that conditioning takes place and, and you take it into adulthood, I mean, you know, subconsciously it's it's the loop is there and you're you're just on that loop. Yeah. And and this is this is something which is well established is that every time that loop happens it, it gets deeper. Yeah, of it's course. It's like greasing the groove, right? Yeah. Every time, you know... It's neuropath, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You just make it stronger and yeah, stronger yeah, yeah. and stronger and stronger. Yeah, habits. Yeah, and, it, and it's um, it's difficult to break these these loops. I mean, you, you either have to... Well, there's no either. You have to do the work, well, like what you did, right? There is yeah. no other way. There's yeah, no, no, I'll take this pill or talk to that person. No, no, you got to do the work. Yeah, and, 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 and the work is um you know like wh where to start because and, and this is what i said at the beginning because there's different levels of a, of a practice and how far you want to dive into you know the rabbit hole let's say um you know layers upon layers of whether it's conditioning beliefs traumas and the rest of it that we touched upon um you know, and and to start diving in means changing belief. You know, re-examining the beliefs that you have led your whole life with, but beliefs that have come from other people, right? Okay, maybe not ones that you have created for yourself. You know, conditioning that you've gone through, whether it's schooling. You know, I was telling my boy the other day how we used to have our mouth washed out with soap at primary school if we said a bad word. Mm. You couldn't believe it, you know. So once you add up all the beliefs and conditioning and then comes the experiences, you know, negative, traumatic, uh, 
you know, whatever they are. Um, there's a lot of layers that you need to basically start peeling away. Yeah. On top of that, you have history. You know, we all have family history, our parents' experiences and trauma and their parents that is also channeled down to us. You know, so it's like pretty endless once once you dive into it yeah this is this is something which i've literally only just i wouldn't even say i understand it but let's say become aware of yeah very very recently because i don't know whether you listened to the podcast i did with beth the energy i haven't yet by this one you're like, yeah she's coming to. back actually to do another one with rob the right Hilico, okay do one together um but but she so she's um she just blew my mind. You're you're like yeah. So she's a she said she's an energy director, not an energy okay. healer, because she said I'm just moving around energy that's already there. Yeah. But you know, and it's kind of like I'm sure you probably have had similar experiences where there's sort of a concept swishing around in the back of your mind that you're vaguely aware of, mm -hmm. and then some someone says something or you do something or you see something and it kind of crystallizes and you're like, oh yeah, I can actually see the shape and the color mm. and understand yeah. it and manipulate it and whatever and so she she basically was saying that everything is just an energy field so if you go on a if you go on a, a quantum mechanical level literally most of everything is nothing yeah. you look inside an atom there's nothing there it's like 99.99999% nothing there at it's all it's just vibration it's just vibration yeah. and so really at that kind of sub-sub-atomic level, we are just an energy field, right? Which is the space. chakras and that. Yeah, yeah, we're space. Yeah, exactly. Space. And and it was, you know, it, this started kind of like turning over in the back of my head, like, oh, I can start to kind of see what she means. And so she did on me without like, you know when, when someone sort of tells you stuff and yeah. you're like, okay, you, you could have guessed that, but like... The chances are like not point yeah, not, yeah. not. You know, so she came she came and saw me at work and um we got talking about this, that and the other and about um Rob because right. she 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 wanted some of the THC cream for a dog, a dog was not well, blah blah blah. And um she so so she, I said to her, I've started taking the chlorine dioxide. Yeah. And she said, how are you finding it? I said, well, I mean, I can't really say I've noticed that much difference. The first couple of nights, I woke up in the middle of the night like I'd had a 10-hour fantastic sleep, like wide awake. But after that, I, I can't I'm say really I've noticed much. And she said, um, maybe you need to have like a better intention for right. what you want to get from it. So, you know, already the, the seeds yeah. are starting to think. And I, and I said to her, actually, I do. I did have an intention. I've had this problem with my gut for like the last three years, right since lockdown. It mm -hmm. happened like right in the lockdown. But literally like I, I made, the, I remember I made an omelette the next day I had like bad diarrhea. Yeah. And then from then it just didn't settle. Come and go and it, uncomfortable yeah. Yeah. and whatever, whatever. Probiotics, went out mm. some blood tests, checked everything, yeah. everything's normal, nothing comes up. And so I, I said to her, well, I've had this problem with my gut and I, that's kind of what I wanted to see whether the chlorine dioxide is going to help with that. And she said, oh, uh, that's interesting. Let me scan you. Mm. And then sitting like this far apart, 
she just started asking herself questions like, is it this, is it that? Okay, it's that. Is it, is it one, is it two? Is it more than two years? And then she just literally told me like exactly where it is, what it is. It's a parasite. You've got three parasites. Right. Started eight years ago. And I was like, she said, did you, did you have food poisoning about eight years ago? And I did in, yeah. in Italy. I was like, yeah. And you know when you're, when you're kind of like this, you couldn't guess it. It's impossible no, yeah, to guess yeah. so so specifically. So already I was kind of like, okay, this is this is cool. This is like the real yeah. deal. And then she said, um, let me clear it for you. And then she just went like, is it gone? No, hang on, let me do it again. Okay, it's gone. And it started like burning. Really? <laughs> yeah, like real. You know, I wasn't, yeah, I didn't yeah. even know what she was yeah. doing. I thought she was going to say, take this course of antibiotics yeah. or something. And it started like burning and it was hurting while I was talking to her and it just stopped hurting. And it kind of came back and it came and went and whatever. And then when she came on the podcast, she did some more stuff. So you'll hear it on the yeah, episode. Yeah. It's all on the episode. She did some more stuff. And and since then, it's just started getting better and better. And now it's pretty much all right. But the, but the thing that she said that was interesting, which comes back yeah. to what you were just saying, she all these things she was asking with this thing and that thing, is it inherited or is it ancestral? Right. And I was like, what, what are you talking about? Yeah. And she said, oh, you know, so she was, she said to me um, that like my health anxiety mm. is, is better to go and listen to it. So if you guys yeah, want to yeah. listen to go back and listen to, I think it's episode 21, something like that. Okay. Um, Beth Foley, Balancing Emotions, I think I called it, but you can, you'll find it if you want to listen to it. Um, but she said, oh, this thing with the health anxiety or whatever, is it from your dad's side or your mum's side or your mum's side? Is it from her mum? Oh. And then she was like, oh, this is from like, your great, 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 great grandmother. She chased back. Right? And so she said, I'm going to clear it for you. And she said, and so anyone else who's listening to this, who's got this similar thing, I'm going to clear it for you as well. Yeah. So anyone who listens to this will get healing. And I'm like, my mind is no. like going in all these directions. Like what? Like not even live. Yeah. Like if you, if people who are listening to this one, if you go and listen to that one. Yeah. You can get some energy healing off of listening to something that we recorded six months ago or six years ago, depending when you go and listen to it. Time and space. It started like yeah. opening these crazy doors. But, but that's where it starts from is, is the understanding that everything is energy. Yeah. You know, and, and energy, it can't be stopped. You know, it's continuous. And so so, so going going back then to like your yoga sort of, your practice and your journey into that into yeah. that thing. So did did you did you sort of start to feel these kinds of things as you were practicing or was this through conversations and teachings verbally or in some other way from your teacher or or was it, it both? It all started to come together um basically so you know, what I understand now is that it's within us all and it's um, a practice, a discipline. Um, and I think the the moment that I really started to bring in a daily practice into my life, so when I bought my own yoga mat and I started to make half an hour in the morning 
to breathe and move and then felt the benefits of instead of the once a week private class that used to kind of carry me and keep my energy balanced for a day, a day and a half or so until I used to kind of get hit with, you know, work and problems and all the rest of it. But once I started that daily waking up, um, half an hour little practice, balancing my energy, I just started to kind of flow a little bit more. And the feeling um, of where I was at that point just, you know, felt very heightened, the, 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 the positive feeling, um, which is where I started to understand that my vibration um, started to raise. And, you know, I think I, I said to my yoga teacher one day that I, I feel I started getting this feeling that I'm in the eye of a hurricane and I'm sitting there like very still, very calm. And just around me is this just craziness just whirling away, which is life and people. Yet I'm in the center of it and I just remain very calm and collected. And this was the feeling I started to get. And, and where, it, where I was kind of, you know, in and out of this feeling, it started to become more consistent in my life. You know, so through the daily practice and the feeling that I was getting kept on driving me to to dive in deeper. So, you know, like you asked, it was it was the actual dedicating the time, the discipline to the practice, but at the same time, um, you know, wakening to the information that was being passed on to me through my teacher, Sylvie, through David, our, you know, main guy who's based out in Thailand, a guy who's been studying for 50-odd years yoga. So when somebody like that turns up in front of you and, and starts sharing information with you, um, you sit up and you listen. You can't understand it most of the time, but you just absorb it. And and through your journey, you, you, you keep going back to it. And mm. you start to understand slowly, slowly. Mm. Um, you know, so it's now for me been you know, 10, nine, 10 years that I've been exposed to, you know, information that is so valuable, mate, that, you know, when put in practice, you start to take control of your life and of your reality. You know, so all of a sudden, as you start to understand a little bit more, you start to read, you start to listen, and you start to put into practice. But um, it does, it does, I, I think it does feel like it's a kind of a cosmic download. You know, it's kind of, yes, it's teachings from David to your teacher yeah, to yeah. you, you know, and you pass it on, but it's kind of, it's oh, just yeah, like it's, opening a channel, right, to allow the... Energy field, yeah. whatever that's yeah. there in the ether, to, to yeah. use you the as, a, as a field is what it's called, right? Where all the information. Yes, is. that's right. Yes, that's right. And yeah. that you tap into. Yes, basically you tune in Cause, and cause tune this is, out. Yeah, this is it's not sort of directly connected, but it but it, it's a similar experience. So when I was making short films, yeah, and I used to be like, oh, I'm trying to sort of write something, and I can't quite. 
get this to connect to that or I'm kind of a bit stuck or whatever. I used to get on my bicycle and I had like this this route that I used to do that was about 10 miles. It used to take me about an hour. And I just used to like go and ride it as hard as I could ride it and then just and then just start chewing on where I'm stuck. Right. And then at some point I would just like connect to I mean people say like the muse or yeah, the, yeah. whatever. I would just connect to this thing and it would just start downloading into and then I'd be like, I've got to get home, like to yeah. write this down before I forget it because this it's just like this sort of wave of information mm. is coming into me. Yeah, you put it out there. Yeah, that you ask, can you I have something please? Exactly. Yeah. But you know, it's got to be under the right environment. So your right environment was on a bike pedaling away. You know, mm. at the, so on a bike pedaling away, you're you're in the now. Yes. Right? Exactly. There's nothing else that's really you know, distracting you. Yes, so ex exactly. the focus exactly. on one point was there. Yeah. You so, know, so, so okay, so this actually is, is we, we, so before we, we, we started the podcast, when we were driving down here, and I was talking, as I always end up talking about <laughs> jiu-jitsu, and I was telling Giga it's good, good because of this and that and that yeah. and that. But, and then the last, the last point that I didn't get to, um, which kind of probably actually now makes even more sense to me, is that... Um, with with uh, jujitsu, when you're sparring, it's so sort of it's so all enveloping that you are completely present. The all you can think about is my hand goes here or my hand goes there. My head, where's he? Where, how's his breathing? How's my breathing? Where's the hip go? You know, you you can't yeah. really be anywhere else. No, Otherwise, you, you've got someone's yeah, you arm around your think, neck. What am I having for dinner done. tonight? Yeah. Or you you're know that, that meeting I've got tomorrow? You you're can't finished. do it. And I and I always. Not always, but I often say to myself, right, tonight, like a little experiment, tonight I'm going to try to see if I can remember what I'm thinking about when I'm rolling. Right. And then it gets to the end of the hour and I'm like, nope, no. it was just an hour. You know, it's like, can I can I be aware of that moment when I fall asleep? Nope. You're awake yeah. and then you're not yeah. awake. Yeah. It's, it's that similar yeah. thing. But... Um, Nothing else exists. No, and that, and that's why I find it, and why I think a lot of people find it, and I think kind of with the yoga, why why it's so good for you is because it it puts your mind into that sort of flow state and and clear and relaxed state, and and so bringing it around specifically to the yoga, we 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 used to have at the old jujitsu club. Um, one of the black belts, his wife is a yoga teacher and she started teaching a yoga class on a Sunday morning. Right. And it was quite sort of physically hard yoga okay. because it was for jujitsu. Yeah. So it was a lot of core stuff and yeah. hard things. And she was saying, you know, what I'm trying to do is um, open you physically out from all this, because jujitsu, you're very closed tight. this way, yeah, everything's tight. So it was a lot of opening yeah. back out and all of that stuff. And I was doing this. I used to love it. Mm. Sunday morning, go down there. There was not that many people there. I used to love doing it. And then we would we'd finish all the practice. It was like a, probably an hour and a half. And then put a blanket, lie down. She'd put a little bit of yeah. music, whatever. Like, that's a little, at the end, right. relaxation. And, um, and I used to love it. I used yeah. to love the lying down, right? And then after about six months or 12 months or whatever, she said, Shivasana is a dead man's pose. Yeah, yeah. corpse pose. So she said, corpse pose. So she said, okay, so we're going we're gonna to lie down and do the most important pose. Mm. And I was like, say what? 
Yeah. Like, you know, and I, and I was like, let me, you know, I'm, I'm relaxed anyway. So I'm like, yeah. I, I won't worry about what she said. But I'll just kind of lie down and you float away and do my thing. And then afterwards I asked her and I said, like, you said like this is the most important one. And she said, yeah, the whole practice is just so that you can get to that state where Stillness. the mind can be still. Yeah, and then Stillness. suddenly I kind of yeah. understood. And, and this reminded me of something that my other friend, um, she, she trained to become a yoga teacher right. 10, 20, must be 20 years ago. And I'd been doing some Ashtanga yoga. Okay. And she trained to do yoga and then she, I went to see her about something and I said, oh yeah, I do a bit of yoga, I do a bit of Ashtanga. And she said, oh, that's, that's yoga for people who don't understand what yoga mm. is. And I, and I was kind of like, well, that's a bit weird. Like, you know, they're, yeah. they're all fucking jacked up and yeah. look good and everything. And then, but now I realize it is. It's like bodybuilding yoga. Yeah. As opposed to, because they all had like really cool outfits right. and cool mats and they all had their hair done and their nails done and their makeup done yes. and everything. And I kind of realized that, yeah, that was kind of a westernized practice yeah. Yeah, of like, this is how I, I look externally physical, fantastic. Exactly. Yeah, rather than this kind of, it's just about you on your journey and you're yeah. floating in that in that Akashic field. Yeah, so I mean the... the, the the ultimate goal is stillness and and stillness to achieve it is what i mean pe people say you know i meditate um but you don't meditate you reach states of meditation right it's a meditative state okay and to be able to reach a meditative state there's a process so the first step is contemplation Okay, you can't stop the mind. Yeah, yoga is about quietening the mind. So that first stage of sitting, breathing, and contemplating, allowing the thoughts on your mind to come and go without powering them, being attached to them, and slowly understanding what needs to remain in your mind and what you need to let go of to basically reduce the overload of what you're carrying around in your mind is the first stage of contemplation. The second stage is concentration. So concentration on one point, one-pointed concentration, if you're looking at a candle, stillness, breathing, if you're staring at a mandala, so you're focusing your mind just on one point, nothing else. And through that practice, you reach a stage of meditation. Yeah, so I don't just pitch up on my mat, close my eyes, take a position, and I'm meditating. It's, it's a practice. You know, so basically, um, this is what I've started to understand from what I've been taught is the ultimate power is in stillness, okay? And, and, you know, you need to practice to be still because if you just pick up anybody and say to them, sit still. So and when I say sit still, I mean your body, your mind, 
complete stillness. So quieten the mind, control the breathing. Okay, so going back to it, the physical side, the asanas, is to help you sit still. It's yeah. to tune your body to, to a, a, a health that allows you to sit still in one position right. um, so that when you are sitting there breathing, that you don't start feeling an ache or a bit of tension after a while that distracts your concentration. Okay, so through the stillness and the breathing, the contemplation, concentration starts to quieten the mind. Whilst you're quietening the mind, you're creating space between thoughts. So try and sit now and see how long you can sit with your eyes closed and breathe without continuous thoughts, one after the other, coming into your mind, okay? The aim is to slowly create like a little gap, little space between the current thought and the next thought. And so if you if you if you're listening to this and you're not driving yeah. and you're not sitting on the tube and Keep you're gonna your miss your open. stop, yeah, then just uh, you can press pause in a minute, but just just do that. Just try to sit and close your eyes and let your thoughts come and go and see if there can be little spaces in between. In between and, the and, and when you when you kind of get shaken out of that and you then press play again. And you're back. <laughs> you're back. <laughs> back to reality. So it's, it's you know, I think every, everything is about space and stillness. So it's, it's creating that space between your thoughts. It's creating space and slowing down the breath when you're consciously breathing and you're slowing down, taking a nice full deep breath where you're activating your first chakra all the way up to your throat, inhaling, exhaling, and being able to control a full breath and slow it right down and then pause the breath. So you're basically retaining whether it's, it's your body full of air or better yet, completely empty of air and pausing you're again creating that space what then comes into play is your heart so your heart then starts to slow down so i don't know if you've heard of stories of of these old yogis who used to be able to stop their hearts yeah. you know i mean that that's like the ultimate goal mm. but what i've started to understand is that if you do practice and you do a disciplined practice um that you are able to calm the mind create space in the mind you're you're able to control your breath slow your breath down retain you know an empty breath a pause you know, and, and you are able to, to calm and slow your heart down. So, yeah, I mean, I, I um, so what one thing that I started doing um, during the lockdown, so you know who Wim Hof is, right? Yeah. The breathing. So I'd, I'd heard him on Rogan and I'd see, I watched the Vice documentary. I'd, I'd, I, I knew the theory of the, yeah. of the breathing, but I, 
um, what, you know, for, for, so probably for me from like mid thirties into forties, I was just going through like really bad anxiety attacks, right. like real bad panic attacks. Like thought I was having a nervous breakdown, like really bad. And, um, I kept thinking like, I want to try this. I want to do it. But I kind of knew for myself because I could feel I don't breathe properly. You know, I'm so tight. Yeah. Like if I start doing deep breathing, I'm going to pass out. Like this is going to not go well. Yeah. And because it, it was locked down and the shop was shut for four weeks, they said it's we're definitely for four weeks and then we're going to review it. I was like, I'm at home for four weeks, right? If I pass out, yeah. I've got three weeks and six days to, <laughs> to, to come to and get my shit together and go back to work. So it's fine. So I thought, right, I'm going to do it. So I just got one of those YouTube of him, follow right. along things, 30 deep breaths and then the breathe out and, and the breath hold. And man, the first, my, like my head was, brain I did it lying down. Yeah. Yeah. My head was spinning because of the oxygen yeah. and whatever. But man, when I, when I did that first breath hold, cause I think what I did was I just thought, right, I'm just going to keep doing the, the breaths until yeah. I feel to do the breathe out. And I think I, I think what I, what I'd done, it was dark, but I'd got a stopwatch and I thought, right, when I do it, I'm just going to click the stopwatch and I'm going to just lie there because I'd heard Rogan do it on the podcast okay. and be like, wow, that felt like it went quick. So I was like, I'm going to see. I think I held my breath for about four minutes on a, on an empty wow. breath, right? The first yeah, time I did yeah. it. And, but mate, I went to fucking another universe. I just yeah. went. Yeah, that's... I don't know where I went, but I was just flying and floating, and it was it was crazy. And since then, I, I've I, I do I do three rounds of that breathing. Mm-hmm. So I do it's thirty breaths. The the little one that I've recorded is yeah. thirty breaths with a minute and a half breath hold, two and a half minutes, three and a half minutes. And I do that pretty much every day for the last three years. I, I I probably miss a day like one a month or a couple of months if I get up late or something happens, the the flood, the yeah, placement, yeah, I sure. didn't have time, whatever. And and it really, you know, what you were saying about yeah. the daily practice, man, it, it it made so much difference to my life. Just doing that, waking up for me, it's like 20 minutes early, 15 minutes early. Doing that breathing and those breath holds. When when I do the breath hold, and it, breath hold is the wrong description because you're not holding your breath. You just don't need to breathe. You just don't breathe. Yeah, you would. That feeling of like, like everything can relax because Weight, even my diaphragm don't need to, weightlessness. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. fucking incredible. But th- this is the thing: is is that that it's all it's all about the breath, right? Like life starts with our first breath and ends with our last breath. And it's what we do in between. And in between, you know, you could go through life with with not giving any attention to your breath, you know, or you could go through life with ending up in a yoga class or in a jujitsu class or in a breathwork class where you are consciously taught how to breathe properly you know, and, and the anxiety, what is the anxiety? The anxiety is breathing from here. It's that shallow breath and gasping for air yeah. combined combined with your mind taking you into the future 
and you know what you've got to achieve what you've got to do where you've got to be you know so instead of being in the present moment and breathing fully you are mind ahead of the game and shallow breathing and it's the creation of of anxiety you know and everything comes back to to the breath and everything comes back to energy and and this is what you know i think where i am today like i i my mantra is to help people be still and slow down and breathe and it sounds you know people might say but that's not yoga because yoga you know they expect like ashtanga they expect to be doing headstands and they expect to be you know bending over backwards but ultimately you know the 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 whole part of yoga the complete part of yoga is is this union and stillness and and you know i think being able to help people breathe properly for me is being able to help people change their lives right i mean for you're sure. saying you you felt it for, um, for sure for me the biggest life changing part has been breathing mm. you know because with breathing um you know the 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 repercussions and the benefits uh, are endless. And, you know, once you bring the energy side into it as well, because, you know, you're breathing in oxygen with an electron in that oxygen that is, you know, sending, you know, information to, to the brain, to the nervous system, and you're calming your nervous system down. Um, you're basically releasing emotions, energy, sorry, emotions are basically energy in motion. Okay, so think of energy and think of information together. So if you have a positive thought in your mind, great, your outlook is positive. If you have a negative thought in your mind, and you're highly charged emotionally, then that combination turns into an emotion, you know, and how is be how, what's the best way to deal with your emotions is to balance your energy. Once you start to balance your energy, you then are able to change your mind as well mm. and take it from, a negative to a more positive outlook but if your energy is always depleted it's very difficult to be positive about yourself or about the world around you um if you're always highly strung as well like excessive energy again you're you're out of balance so the be all and end all as well is is keeping this energy balance your energy balance now that's what the chakras uh, are basically all about the energy centers that we have each one has a certain characteristic the the aim being to have open and balanced chakras from our first to our seventh the crown chakra and you know once you're 
chakras are, are balanced and your energy is is flowing in a balanced way, then all of a sudden your life change changes com- completely and positively. Yeah, yeah, you know, for and, sure. And, I mean, look, one thing that that I wanted to ask you about. I mean, just men- mention to just see see what you think. Is that something that I that I noticed more recently? So I've been doing this breathing practice, like, but like I say, pretty much every morning. But something that I became aware of, maybe only over the last f- three months, two three months, I think, s- kind of since I started doing this podcast. Yeah. Because since I started doing this podcast, um, a I love it. I've, when I'm doing yeah, it, I really feel like, oh, yeah. th- this is great. You yeah. know, I've, I finished doing it and I feel this is fantastic. And it sort of complements the jiu-jitsu, which is very physical. Right. And this is kind of a little bit more cerebral and whatever. But again, it's 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 taught me to like listen to people mm. rather than waiting to talk over them. Yeah. And, you know, all these all these sorts of things. But I think it I think it is since I've since I've been doing the podcast. Um and probably specifically since talking to Rob, the energy guy, yeah. and Beth, and, and um, the healing guy, and Beth, and, and these people. But but what I started to realize I was doing, so I do I do these three rounds of breathing. And the third round, which is the longest round, sometimes I'll get the three and a half minutes, sometimes I don't quite, and I need to breathe. If I need to breathe, I yeah. just start breathing, yeah. right? But because that's a longer breath hold, when I do that, so in between them, you do one deep breath, which you hold in for 15 seconds, and then you do your next round. And what I, what I started to realize was on the last one, I would, I would take my hand, so I would put the, the back of one hand on the palm of the other hand, and I would put them on my forehead, and I would just press gently, not hard. So I'm lying down flat. Yeah, it's yeah. normally dark. I've got a blanket on, whatever. And I would, and I would just kind of press like this. And do that last breath, that 15-second breath. Because when I'm doing the, the, the actual breath hold, yeah. I'm completely yeah. relaxed, right? Then I'll take the breath, put my hands here. And I started to see like the shape of an eye. That's how I can, only way I can describe it. It's like the shape of an eye like that. And it's dark. And then it's got this kind of brightish, reddish pupil in the middle. Yeah, that's, that's your third eye here. Yeah, that's right? The, the sixth chakra. Which, Which is, is your third eye? Kind of crazy because I can see it. Sixth sense, you basically intuition again. Yeah, it's it's you know you you have this wider scope of what is going on around you than just that of the physical world. Once you unblock your your sixth chakra, yeah, yeah. So I mean, were you? On purposely putting your hands there. I mean, I ju- it, it just felt like the he doesn't. Natural, he doesn't say to do it. He just says take do. a deep yeah. breath and then breathe out. And now, okay, go on with your day. Thank you for listening. Whatever. Yeah. But yeah, when I would take that last one, for some reason, I would just do this. I don't know why. I just sort of started doing it. And it felt like oh, it's a nice way to finish. And then I would have a little stretch or whatever. But I just started to realize, oh yeah, when I do this and I do that breath. Yeah, I can see like it's just projected like here in front of me, like. Yeah, it, I mean, it's, it's the diet, it's the mind, it's you know, imagination. Yeah, it's it's, um, it's incredibly fascinating to me. It is because it's it's you know it's almost like our vision to the other world, to the other side, as such. Yeah. To the greater picture. Yeah. Um, and you know, going back to the chakras, the the seventh is your is 
consciousness. So it's our connection to the universe. And then the sixth, like I said, it's, it's the third eye. Uh, and, and so then, the and so the 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 other five is 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 where. So, where's starting one? Starting from the bottom, one is your lower abdomen here. Yeah, it's your root chakra, right? Which is your connection to earth, right? Ground, um, belonging, right? Um, it's uh, you know a raw, very raw energy, and then you have your your second chakra which is the water element, which uh, is, you know, can be very flowy like water, um, is related to how we behave socially as well, emotionally. A lot of emotion tends to be stored around this area, around the hip area. Um, your third chakra, which is fire, your fire center, so creativity, um, willpower, it's all uh, here in the gut. Um, and then comes the fourth chakra, which the fourth chakra being the bridge between the physical and the spiritual. And the fourth chakra being heart, self, self-love, love, compassion. You know, this this... This is the area that over the past two, three years has been impacted in most people. Like a, a, a closed or shut down dysfunctional fourth chakra. So basically love is where we need to be at. And we have been experiencing a lot of fear. And fear, grief. Um, you know, they, it tends to shut down the, the fourth chakra. So it's key to be able to, to open this area. You know, it's your heart, it's your lungs. You know, if your heart stops, you die. If you can't breathe, you suffer with all sorts of illnesses and diseases. Um, so being able to have an open fourth chakra you know creates space to raise your vibration again be able to breathe and be able to operate from from the right place from the heart instead of the mind mm. because you know most of us we're, we're just being pulled all over the place by our minds instead of listening to our hearts mm. Mm. you know empathy compassion all these characteristics that we we all have um, instead, you know, we're short-tempered with each other. You know, you see more road rage, people at each other's throats. You know, not as caring as we should be for for the people around us. Mm. This is all your fourth chakra. And then you go to the fifth chakra, which is ether, information. So the information that we bring in tends to get stored in our throats. So sometimes if you've been exposed to too much information, you may feel a blockage in your fifth chakra. You might find it difficult to get your words out. Or when your words come out, they might not come out the right way as you imagine them to come out. Hmm. And then you go from the fifth to the sixth to the seventh. And then universal energies, your eighth and ninth. Nah. 
So basically understanding that we have these energy centers and, and understanding how they're negatively and positively impact can again be very life-changing and following the right practices, changing certain habits. So is there is there something, I mean, you said like the fourth chakra, which is the heart chakra, is maybe the most important is the wrong way to phrase it, but it's very um, key to kind of connecting everything yeah. and rebalancing everything. Is there is there any relatively simple easy practice that people can do that will help them to to open that is there something that someone who's sitting listening to this can go right yeah. 10 minutes aside yeah so e what, what, even just like a simple rapid twist allowing your arms to to i can't do it sitting to fling out to each position so you're twisting twisting your body around right inhaling center and exhaling as you twist your body around to the side as your arms open up, you're basically stretching out and opening up this four chakra area. You know, so any similar asanas exercises that allow you to create space. So something that physically in, opens yeah, the chest. With, physically with opens the, breathing. the chest. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The breathing, as we said, is key. Yeah. Um, you know, but creating, first of all, the space so that you can breathe mm. because if you're constricted in the chest area then it's very difficult to to breathe um you know as we normally breathe let alone if we want to try and expand the breath and and take a full breath mm. yeah and so um now you're teaching right so yeah now now i am teaching um now I'm, I'm, well, my, my last year, um, I had almost like a, a little pause from the get fresh side and it gave me the opportunity to, um, to dive into the teaching. I mean, it was, it was something that's kind of steadily been building up. I, I did my teacher training in 2019. So about a year before COVID came along um perfect timing for me yeah um covid came along I, I i you know if i'm completely honest it was with no intention to teach it was you know completely uh, uh, uh to work and improve myself that i did the teacher training it just felt like the right thing to do at that time to step up to the next level um but during COVID especially and, you know, seeing what was going on um, around us, I don't know. I think I had a lot of time on my hands. I continued with my practice at home and uh, slowly, slowly started to think more seriously about, um, you know, teaching, uh, passing on a little bit of what I've learned um, just to try and help, like I said, people slow down. I had done like one or two little one-off classes with some employees at work um, and then COVID came along and nothing was going on. And then through family and friends, I started to do uh, some one-on-one -on -one private classes. And then from the one-on-one -on -one private classes, uh, I 
basically found uh, space at a couple of studios around Nicosia and uh, started to offer uh, a more open class to people. Um, so at the moment, I'm I basically I'm doing a a Wednesday evening, Thursday evening, and a Saturday morning, which are open classes. And then most mornings, I now have uh, private classes that I do more more one on one. Um, and it's been you know it's been just over a year now. Um, and I never thought I would be where I am at this point on, on that side. Um, it's been, you know, so rewarding and fulfilling um, just to be able to help people for that one hour, if it is their one hour of the week or, you know, if they do a little bit more to, you know, to move, to breathe and, and just to, to be a little bit still. Yeah, it's kind of like the 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 gift that you've been given. You want to give to other people, right? Completely. You f you feel like someone I, was good enough to give this to me. Yeah, you know, I feel I have um, a big open heart at the moment. You know, and and it's this desire to to give back. And I think when I sit and I see and I think about what's going on around us, and I feel a lot of you know empathy towards people and you know it it really drives me to want to help where i can not for everybody you know it's got to be the right time right person right place um you know people might perceive yoga as one thing people as another thing but i think where i am jay is that i just want to simplify what I'm trying to do, which is why I keep finding myself saying breathing, moving and relaxing because, you know, I think it's easier for people to comprehend and digest those words as opposed to saying, you know, a yoga practice which takes their mind to many different places, yeah? yeah. Because I think when you sit, when you simplify it and you bring it right back down to the ground, um, that's what we all need. We need to be able to move a little bit. We need to be able to breathe properly, and we need to achieve a little bit of stillness in our lives. Yeah, and, and I think you know, re um, re sort of interpreting it, let's say, as that, or re 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 presenting it as that, is is again a little bit kind of like what you were talking about earlier, that, that people have um, attachments, good, bad, or otherwise, to what is yoga. Yeah. So at first, maybe it takes you a year to break all of those, whereas you can hopefully circumvent that whole first year mm. by saying, breathing, moving, and relaxing. Like, that's yeah, what we're yeah. doing. We're not doing yoga. We, yeah, this is I what mean, we're doing. Listen, it's a, it's a very unique individual experience. Like we, we could be next to each other on the mat doing the same practice, but what you will get out of it and what I get out of it are two completely yes. different things depending yeah, I can on, see that. Yeah, on yeah. Where, where you are. Yeah. You know, and I think that's what, what people need to kind of understand is it's such a personal practice. Mm. Yeah, and you have to. I think with 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 all of these things, you have to kind of you have to commit to them. 
and you it's have like to be honest. Though, right? It's like everything. You need, I think, key words are, are discipline, desire, practice. I mean, the and, reason and it's a practice. Right? And, yeah, of course, of course. You know, anything in life, though, if you, if you don't have those attributes, it's very difficult to achieve what you want. Yeah. You know, ultimately, there, there's certain characteristics, you know, with, will, you know, willpower, healthy desire for change. Mm. You know, these things have got to be in place if you really want to make proper change in your life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's it, it's interesting as well that what you said before about, um, you know, that some some people will be receptive or ready to, mm. to learn and, and other people not. And is and is maybe is a bit of a cliche, but is is that saying of when the student is ready, the teacher will appear for sure. And it's kind of like, yeah, you're there and you are able to teach. And you wait for the students to appear. You know the people who are yeah. who are ready to learn. I mean that, that will that, find you. That's exactly what I felt for myself. Yeah, like when I was ready, my teacher basically appeared. Yeah, you yeah, know? it's amazing. Isn't and it? and you know I was brought to a point where now you know my teacher is always there, but you know I I've taken it on my own path. Mm. You know, it it is it is it's it's very true. Um, yeah, it's a nice. Um, it's a very for me. It's a very sort of warm feeling of like, yeah, the, what you need will come. Yeah. What you need will be there. You've just got to be open to it and receptive yeah. to it and understand. You know that that you don't have to push things. You just have to kind of honestly genuinely kind of request them and tune into the yeah, vibration so, I mean, and it's there it's, it's right? what you're saying here is is you know you, you you've got you've got to do the right things yeah first of all and you've got to have belief you yeah. know and and at the same time um you know you you've got to um you've you've got to choose your words wisely your self talk this because is something I've really realised lately. Again, <laughs> yeah, again, year. it's 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 energy, and yeah. it's energy that you're putting out. And you know, ultimately, if you sit there and your self-talk is negative towards yourself, then there's only going to be one outcome. You know, whereas if it's positive, and and what you're putting out is is a positive message, um, chances are it's gonna. Yeah. Be. What I mean, this is there's there's a lot of these things which are which are kind of they're hidden in plain sight and you and you just you 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 sort of gloss over them but you don't realise they're there. Spelling. Yeah. The spelling of words. You are casting spells. Yeah. That is literally what spelling means. Yeah. You know, the like you say, your self talk the talk, the words you say, the way you say them, the way you talk to yourself there's and to other people. So much you're depth. casting spells. Yeah. 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 And once you, once you, it is a real rabbit hole, right? Once you go down, oh, it, yeah. you can never see things the same way again. You kind of, everything becomes so much more sort of multi dimensional. Oh, completely. Take, you go from watching a movie kind of to, to being in a shopping center. It's yeah. Just yeah. Stuff. I mean, take the, take the breath. So the in, inhale in Latin, means 
inspiration. So inspire. So when you're inhaling, you're basically bringing in inspiration. You're bringing in possibilities because there is endless possibilities. And when you're exhaling, you're basically releasing, right? So when, when you take that into, you know, into the conscious mind, that by sitting and being calm, collected, breathing, just by inhaling, you're bringing in a, a new possibility in your life. And by exhaling, you can let go. Let go of things that don't serve you, be it habit, be it tension in the body. You know, it's all on the exhale, just breathing out, releasing, letting go. You know, and, and these are things that you go through life without knowing. But if you sit and you start to practice it consciously, mindfully, you know, it's what we said at the beginning, it's in us all. It's just cluttered upon clutter of, of layers of, you know, like we said, conditioning and the rest of it, distractions, you know, our heads down. Uh, we rarely look up to to take note of what is going on around us, you know, and we go through life like this until something happens, mm. you know, and we wake up. And this is the thing, I mean, you know, you just want to see more people slowly, slowly, lifting their head up and, and breathing, like one of the most simplest things in life. Yeah. Which could have the biggest impact on this life. Yeah, I mean I, I think I think that's probably a good place to to draw it to a close because that is kind of the end back to the the beginning to the end. Yeah, yeah. 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 And we've done we've done two hours, which is normally what I what I do. So um yeah, so so hopefully, guys, um, if you listen to this, you know you you can that that's probably the one thing to take away from it, which is what I said to you at the beginning. Right, I would like to talk about the breath and the about breathing because I feel yeah, that that's yeah, yeah. there's some sort of key there that is really really sort of central to everything. So, and I think that is actually a really really um, powerful way of thinking about it is that every inhale inhalation is drawing in that akashic field right that limitless energy limitless possibilities rebirth reinvigoration like every breath in is like a fresh start and every breath out is like a complete release whatever you want to get rid of you need to get rid of you can get rid of it in one breath just out and let it go but it is the practice and the sort of um, yeah. the mastery of that that you that you try to get to exactly yeah exactly that and um so you 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 you've got a website now right yeah yeah which I, is I just kind of launched, launched about a week ago yeah which so wh is which is my name actually it's the uh, the yoga so it's I'll, I'll put that in the show notes great and you've got um instagram is the Instagram is either my name again or the practice CY. CY. 
So that I'll put yeah. all of these yeah, links please, in, the, in, the, in the show notes. And so, because obviously you're most of the time you're in Cyprus, right? Yeah. You're UK only, only um, for the week. But is is the, is the sort of the, the teaching and a little bit of this kind of what what we've touched on today? Is that something that people can do with you on a Zoom call, or you need to sit with people and do? If somebody just wants to kind of understand a bit more about the breathing, about how to go about reorganizing their day or their thoughts or whatever yeah is is that something that people can can kind of do a consult and do a zoom with you yeah completely completely i yeah. mean you know uh the ideal scenario is to be face to face but you know like we've already said uh you know the, the right environment the right place time to be able to just speak and breathe and move uh whether on zoom or not it's yeah yeah. yeah. So if you so if you want to if you want to uh, to reach out and you're not in Cyprus yeah. <laughs> and you're not going to Cyprus anytime soon, <laughs> you're all very welcome to come to Cyprus. Yeah, I mean Cyprus, is lovely. Probably not in the middle of the summer, right? <laughs> no, spring and, and autumn. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, spring autumn when it's good. under forty degrees. Exactly. Is, is it easier where to you can breathe? Where you yeah. can breathe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, is is there anything else that we should have touched on that we didn't? Or you think we've kind of done a good... I think we've pretty much covered everything. I think if there was one one lasting thing that I was going to say, message that I would say, um, would be how we move about in this life and how we are towards ourselves, towards the people around us, towards our environment is one of the first lessons in in the traditional yoga it's it's basically you know you 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 cannot you know start to practice if you speak neg negatively to yourself you consume food or drink that damages your health you consume information that drives you crazy. You speak badly about people. You're violent towards people. You steal. You, you know, ultimately it comes down to karma. And the key thing is how we behave in this life. Because like we said, if, if you want to start flowing and really feeling what the universe is all about and the universal power, you, you have to put out the right energy. And once you put out the right energy, then things start returning towards you in the right way, you know, on the right level, you know. And, and this is something that, you know, again, I've, I've really much experienced over the past few years. You know, with regards to timing, things happening at the right time, things happening as I visualized and imagined they would happen. You know, it, it's there for us, but we have to do the, the right thing. So I think that's it. I think I'd leave it there. Beautiful. So uh, as always, guys, thank you very much for listening. Um, time, although we didn't really talk about time, time is precious. So thank you for 
um, giving two hours of your time to oh, my pleasure. Our, Always nice to catch us anyway. Yeah, thank you, thank you for coming in. I mean, I'm, you know, I've, I've wanted to get you on for ages, but obviously you're in Cyprus, and I yeah. don't. I, you know, a few people I've I've sort of thought about doing a Zoom and whatever, but I want to sit with people and talk. Yeah. I don't want to do a remote and Zoom, and I know it kind of limits my my window a bit and my guests and when I can get people, but um, I like to, to sit and have a proper old-fashioned conversation. conversation yeah, no, so, yeah, thank you. About. Thank you so much for coming Pleasure. in. It was a beautiful conversation. Thank you. Cheers, yeah. Um, follow, um, follow the podcast, as I said at the beginning, White Basement Pod on Instagram, The Practice CY on Instagram, and uh, I'll put links where you can find uh, all Dimitri's stuff on the, uh, on the show notes. And... Um, if you enjoyed this episode, share it with someone, share the love, and uh, we'll catch you next time. If you don't deserve my love, you won't get it, no credit. me over once and regret it, yeah, I've said it. Feelings and emotions, I can shed it, re-edit. I'm running from my past, yeah, a legacy through the palace. I'm running around my brain, trying to find the nearest exit. Just think that I have